The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. I hate that sound when people make the... The lip smack sound? No, it's not. It's not your lips um, smacking. It's like your tongue and your teeth interacting in some way. I can hear it from like across the airport. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Do a lot of people in airports do that sound? It's very much airports. I was meaning like the vastness of the airport. So like in a big open space. So airports, warehouses, forests, or glens. People lip smack, and you get like, "Hey, no more lip smack." Isn't that a, yeah, isn't that a band? Lip smack. Yeah. Or is it Godsmack? Oh, maybe it's Godsmack. I don't know. Lipsmack's a good I'm name. I'm sure there's a lips smack. I'm sure there is. Probably. If not, we should come up with it. Yeah. And it'll basically just be you yelling at me for being away from my mic. Well, well I, okay. We're just checking levels. We're doing levels. <laughs> and we should probably be as close to the mic as we're going to be when we talk. So we don't yeah, blow I know that out that your drums. Practical. I know. We're, this is season two. This and is season two. I think we have got a theme, which is feisty feisty mornings and you want to know why i think it is feisty mornings because we totally haven't been getting up in the morning because anymore. we haven't been getting up at our yeah. 5 a.m and so we get up to walk to record the show at five and it's We're kind so of fury. it's kind of rough and it's summertime and it so summertime, we don't go yeah. to bed till 10 because the sun's still up and yeah. it's just kind of you know yeah because so anyway. last time we talked about routines and our routine has gone to crap real quick yeah um but I mean, now the in the morning the air's a little more crisper, right? A little more crisper. I don't yeah. know if that's proper language, but um, so it gets me excited for fall, and it makes me want to organize things. See, there you go. So we'll, we'll get dork. right back into it. So yeah. I, I'm gonna go through, and I'm gonna start like from our episode one. I'm just gonna like go through and be like, okay, I gotta I gotta bring that one back because bringing back a habit it's fairly easy compared to initially creating that habit yes I so, say so we'll just i think we're gonna go through and clean it up just be like oh, okay here we go we're a little off track right and then we'll be just happier for everybody out there it's true yeah. although it is funny because um last night i came home from work and then you have like six new things you want us to do all i wanted to do was put the dishes in the dishwasher after we're done with them yeah but you want you want everyone to rinse and i know that that's not a big deal but then there's also like no television at the table Make sure and and I like the I like all of these things. I like rules. You like rules so many are rules. awesome. Yeah, but how many do you actually think that you adopt for real that stick? Like one percent. Mm. That's why there's so many rules. If you just follow one percent of your 180 million rules, that's a pretty good amount of rules. That's a pretty so, good amount. Should we get into the episode this morning? Yeah, let's get into good the morning. Episode. I am Ty, aka husband, handsome face, and I am Jesse. A.K.A. Jesse the Therapist. And today, or this is Morning Struggle Podcast, welcome. Yeah. If you haven't listened to us before, and we talk about habits of successful people. Yep. We break them down into history, science, and action plan. Mm-hmm. And then we try to implement them. Hopefully you try to implement them. Yep. And we're, we're building better us's. Us's? Build better you's. 
building better, building a better you. The whole idea is to take and identify what your success is, and then you get to build these habits to make it so you can achieve that. Yeah. So it's I mean, just about being it's a not better as, person. Yeah. It's not as kitschy as building a better you, but I like it. Same so, thing. So we're talking today about posture. Yeah, we are. So we're going to talk about history of posture. And then we're going to go into the science of how it makes you successful. Yep. And then uh, what to do. Let's do this it. This is this. day in history. All right. The history of posture. This comes from the National Institutes of Health, Institute of Health. And the title of the article is The Evolution of the Upright Posture and Gait, a Review and a New Synthesis. Oh. So... Throughout time, there's been like 30 hypotheses, 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 hypotheses about how humans went from an ape-like quadrupedal position to a bipedal position, which is standing on our two feet. Okay. So there is a bunch. So this, and then recently in like the 1990s, early 2000s, a couple of new studies came out where it was like, yep, that's probably more accurate than what we were thinking. Oh. So we're going to go kind of, and, and all a lot of these we've kind of heard of, but you know, you never really know. You're like, well, are we descended from apes? Am I a creationist? Were we just created by God? Like, what's going on here? So mm-hmm. this is an evolutionary stance. Yes. So um, originally they thought humans, bipedals, mm-hmm. evolved from like a savanna scenario, which is like the Serengeti, right? The so animals? Yeah, where the lions are and whatnot. Okay. But now they kind of believe, well, maybe we didn't evolve there, still in Africa. Okay. But we evolved more on like coastlines and shorelines of lakes and rivers. Oh. And they're kind of like fossil dates and things like that and areas are kind of starting to say, yeah, we, we probably evolved more on those than the Savannah Plains. Why do you think that? So they're gonna, we're going to get into that real quick. So excited. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, we had to, they had to discover why they thought we would evolve to bipedal. So things evolve because they get an advantage, right? Right. A, a bird's beak is a bird's broom with a little longer beak and he can reach a little bit longer in the flower or reach a little a deeper hole in a tree to get a nut or whatever it is. Yeah. And he gets to breed. So his longer beak moves on. Okay. And then those longer beaks move on. Those longer beaks move on. And so through natural selection, all of a sudden, next thing you know, you got a bird with a huge long beak because yeah. it's more advantageous to life right right right. when you think about it initially being bipedal is not that advantageous well we're not as are we not as fast yeah you would think that like if i if i were to race a chimpanzee yeah like yeah i'm I'm on two feet i'm gonna kill him yeah nope now if you're gonna run a marathon yeah the chimp's probably gonna give up and go eat his watermelon or whatever he does but if you needed to sprint against the chimp it's like hey man sprint to that the end of that street yeah don't Take that bet. He will win and he'll glow to all his friends and be like, look at the bipedal. Thinks he's so fast. How many chimpanzees so, do you challenge all of to them, a race? All of them are so competitive. They're all so competitive. So, um, so yes, yeah, so you got to kind of figure like, well, why? What were the things that pushed us into a bipedal position? Right. Because quadrupedal position is, is actually a lot more advantageous. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these... these um, you know, ape, great apes are, are strong and they're fast, Right. you know, they don't fall, you know? So it's like, yeah. I mean, when we're by people position, we're prone to a lot of different things. Right. So um, like they say, we're, we're, we're like slower, it causes, it causes stress. Anytime you see an, an ape get on its hind two feet, they expend a lot more energy. So oh. they were saying that like a baby, uh, oh, let's go into this. So let's go into some of the, the thesis. All right. Um, 
So it, yeah, just this said that that upright posture does not offer sufficient advantages. Okay. So, um, and then they saw, they saw, well, maybe monkeys came out of the trees. They came down to the ground. Right. And then we started standing up because we're on the ground instead of climbing in trees. And that's not true because a lot, if not all of the great ape family and the monkey family right. come down from trees quite often. And a lot of them are terrestrial, like they don't live in trees and they're oh. still quadrupedal. Right. So that was out. Um, so 20 to 16, 20 to 16 million years ago yeah. is when like our, our earliest ancestor of humanoid kind of came. It's proconsul. So that was kind of like apes and man evolved from this one thing. Oh, I see. That was like 20 to 16 million years ago. And then about, uh, I don't know, I don't know what this is. So in Kenya, kind of in Africa, um, Necolopithecus is like the earliest human divergent from that. Okay. So that was about 12 million years ago, maybe 13 million years ago. And that's probably our closest common ancestor to like, chimpanzees and great apes and us okay so we have like kind of like ape-like thing 20 million years ago yeah and then like the close the, the last thing before we diverged from apes was about 12 million years ago and that was that was the that one and then about 5 million to 1 million years ago we actually like split from that one common ape-like thing oh into a humanoid and then apes okay so, and that, like I said, this was according to Stoffer. This was like a big um, German study. Um, but they suggest that lineage leading to extant gorillas on one hand and humans on the other was about 6 million to 1, 1 million years ago. Hmm. So, and that's why they think human species is probably around a million years old. Oh, if that's you want to really think about young, it, actually. But if you want to think about it in terms of evolution, right. not exact humans like we have today, but, right. but, in, but in that aspect. Um, so again, like knuckle walking, like they always see like apes, like knuckle walking. Yeah. Like you walk on your palms and then you yeah. walk on your knuckles and then you walk upright. And the only reason apes walk on their knuckles is because their hands are gripped for climbing. Oh, I see. So they're not like trying to get up and, and walk upright. They right. just, their hands are function that way. Okay. So I know you're excited, but let's get in the hypothesis. Ready? Yes. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. So the watching out hypothesis from 1959, Oof. you stand upright so you can see danger. Danger. Right? So they Well, that's pretty yeah, that's yeah. why So they, they yeah. observed chimpanzees and baboons and they they did this when like leopards and different kind of prey were around. Okay. And they noticed that only two percent, two to three percent of chimpanzees would ever stand bipedal to look uh-huh. at anything. Right. And zero percent of baboons. Oh. So they just don't do it. Right. So they just don't they're not standing up to look at things. They just yeah. stay in a quadrupedal position. The next one is the freeing of the hands. Like if you stand upright, you can give your hands free, oh, right? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. But they say everything we do, like manipulation wise, we sit. Like everybody, oh, that's everybody a good point. sits yeah. down to use their hands to manipulate things. Yeah. So that's so that one kind of went out the window. Uh, the throwing hypothesis. So like humans stood upright so they could throw things. Oh, and use weapons. Yeah. But the thing is, we started using weapons and tools long after we started. Um, a bipedal position. Oh, that's a good point. And chimpanzees use tools tools as well. Yep. So um, so that one was out. Um, infant carrying hypothesis. Oh, so like, oh, babies. I can stand upright and carry my baby on my hip. Uh-huh. Well, actually, if you're in a quadrupedal position, the way their anatomy is, an ape's anatomy is, yeah. they use about half the energy carrying their baby than we do when we're standing upright. Oh, so why would you stand upright to use more energy? And it's more dangerous. You're way far away from the ground with that baby. That's a good point. I Babies mean, fall all the time. They fall. They get dropped all the time. And they did that measuring like O2 consumption. 
of, oh. of apes and us. Uh, reaching for food. Okay. So same thing. They said, like well, long yeah, like oh, I got to go grab something. Yeah. Well, they noticed that in chimpanzees, I believe in this one, that if they they were reaching for things, sometimes mm-hmm. it would get in the, the bipedal position to get something. Right. But anything longer than a meter, they just go march over there in, in a quadrupedal for, for hand or, you know, feet and hands to get over there. Oh, yeah. So like if you're just going to reach for it, well, just climb over to it because it's less energy. That's a good point. So that one was kind of out. And you're like, okay, well, all these things sound pretty good on the surface and then you think about it you're like yeah kind of not very great right um carrying food same thing you know we can carry our food in our hands but right. a lot of chimpanzees they make their little like little like hobo stick to they carry stuff you know stick, so yeah. we don't need that the display hypothesis um so we can look good like like peacocking yeah yep. that's probably what like it I'm is i'm the biggest i'm gonna done uh, yep hypothesis uh, proven yep and then um, some of the last ones. So, okay. So then this is the one that just recently came out. Okay. And I can't pronounce this because it's, I think it's German. Yeah. But it's it's Amphibisque oh. Generalisti Theory. Ooh. Sounds Italian. It does sound. But this was from, from Nemitz. Nemitz. Okay. In uh, 2000, 2004, 2006, and 2007. There's, oh. there's a bunch of years. I right. guess maybe he improved on it. I, well, and I would study. assume they, they redo the study. Yeah. But yeah. so this is this is a a, sh- a shore dweller hypothesis, and so th- they say that around that five to one million years ago, living on the shore as kind of humanoid apes, yeah. um, there were plenty of high quality food found in swamp areas, in shore areas, in rivers and yeah. lakes. Eating so, the lobster. Yeah, so we would go out. Yep, crab, crustaceans, mm-hmm. lobster, mollusks, clams, like things that are just sitting there. I would live by the super ocean. Super nutritious if, yeah. and all year round. You don't, oh, that's a good point. It's, yeah, it's always there. It's, yeah. So when you go and you wade into the water, two things happen. One, uh-huh. you stand upright. Oh. Because otherwise your head goes under the water, right? right. So you stand upright and they notice this with, with apes and, and chimpanzees. Yeah. That if they were to, if, when they get into water, mm-hmm. they don't really like water all that much, I guess. But when they do get into water, they stand up. Oh. Second thing that happens is when you stand up like that, your lower extremities become very weightless. So mm. the strain on the body goes away. So oh. you can adapt and evolve fairly quickly because you're not putting a high amount of stress. So it's more advantageous to stand upright for long periods of time mm-hmm. while you are foraging for food, which is what we used to do all the time. Yes. That's what our life... That is... That's actually... So we can thank the ocean. So we can we can thank the ocean. Yet another reason to thank the ocean for something. Yep. And then they started finding a lot of humanoid fossils in these kind of... Um, like swamp and ocean-esque shore areas. And they, they did find a lot of these like hard shell invertebrates that we would we would eat a lot of fossil records in that aspect. Oh. So this was the latest study. Oh, I got one more thing highlighted. Oh, just waiting causes bipedal walking. So that you, is really interesting. Yeah. So you can you can thank uh, thank that. And then we started getting like insulation in our lower legs. Like uh-huh. apes and chimps don't really have any insulation. They got the short little legs. Right. And, like no fat. Right. And humans have long legs for the waiting and more fat on our lower extremities to keep us warm. Oh, when we're so waiting. we can endure. So next time you're waiting in the water, be like, look back at that chimp who beat you in that race and be like, try doing this, chimp. <laughs> cool. Absolutely, because I encounter lots of chimps. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Whoa, that was a long history. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but I covered like 20 million years. Yeah, to be fair. To be fair. All right, so that's the history of how we started walking upright. Now let's talk about the science of what our modern day posture does for us. 
science but before we go into science i'm gonna say the latin root i've been i've been lacking on the latin root the latin root for posture is habitus oh but it kind of like encompasses a lot like your stance and your clothing and your attitude i think latin they like they would have made them all different yeah probably i don't know spaced it out those romans doing what they want all right so take us through the science of of posture okay so you and I have very different postures. We do have different postures. You have phenomenal posture. I got a straight back. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I do not. Yeah. At all. And so I have to spend a lot of time being conscious of my posture. Like when we did our TV segment on the place, I have to hyperextend my posture in order for me to just look like I'm standing Because you're a straight. hunter. I am very much a hunter. Okay. And like even with ballet, I would get a lot of flack for that. They'd whip you with the little stick. <laughs> There's a lot of poking. Yeah. Like, stand up straight, stand up straight, right? Um, so what's interesting is that as, as now that we're standing upright, we've kind of gotten lazy with our body. And so we'll start to hunch back over, especially with computers and things where we're constantly looking over. Are the iPhones going to make us back to quadrupedal animals? So there is a study that we're getting like these little bone spurs on the back of our necks based on iPhones, but I that hasn't been recreated. And so I'm like, okay. okay, no, but in all actuality, we're like, we're hunching over more right. than we were. Um, good posture is where your, your chin is parallel to the floor. Okay. Okay. Your shoulders are even and you roll them um, up, back and down to achieve that even okay. up, with the floor. Back and down. So your shoulder blades are kind of like a little bit towards your butt. Yep. A little squinched down. Okay. Um, you want a neutral spine. The, the problem with neutral spine, let's say that you've been doing this for years, bad posture, your your kind of norm is going to be different. And your so set point's going to be non-neutral. A little more hunched over. Right. Yeah. So you're going to want a buddy on this one to be like, nope, you're still not standing in kind of a neutral form. So no pelvic tilt, which is sticking your butt back. Yeah, that's another element yeah. of it. Okay. Um, because you, you want to keep your arms kind of... Um, straight and even. We don't want to move our shoulders up and down too much. Your hips also need to be even. And that's one of those things like we tend to rotate either in or mo- mainly out, yeah. like sticking our butt out. And we want to be able to be level. And any weightlifter, like you you do a lot of weightlifting, you spend a lot of time focusing on those hips and where you're at because that's kind of your powerhouse. Right. Um, your knees need to be straight over kind of your hips. So you're doing like this shoulder, shoulder hips and knees. Knees All straight, are aligned. Hips straight over your over your knees, okay? Yep, and you want... We're doing this right now. Yeah, we are right okay. now, if you're wondering. And you should be doing this too if you're not in a vehicle. Um, and your weight should be evenly distributed over your feet. So symmetrical and straight. Right. We want to keep that abdominal cage um, engaged. Okay. Okay, so like your, you should, your tummy should be engaged at this point. Because that's, those, your erectus muscles are keeping you up, posture upright. Right. Okay. And in a perfect world, you can do belly breathing. That's where your, your lungs are filling up completely and still engaging your abdominal muscles. But that sticks your tummy out. And in our Western culture, we want flat we tummies. Want we don't want to, don't so, want that. That's why we have barrel chests. It's exactly it. Yeah. So so this w- is the most efficient way to stand as a human. Most of, okay. Okay. Because when you start hunching over, you use more muscles, strain more muscles, more energy is used. 
Um, and then you're, using, you're focusing on your musculature instead of your skeletature, instead of your skeleton system. Yeah. To stand upright. Right. Okay. Yeah. So when you're doing that, you are perfectly in a good space. And what happens is nuts. Okay. So you have more energy. So basically you're just more effective in general, but the slump posture induces or er, reduces energy and increases fatigue and depression symptoms. Okay. And this is like the chicken or the egg thing. Like the more depressed you are, do you hunch over more or whatever? Um, but being able to like over-exaggerate your posture every once in a while and get, you know, moving, um, in that way where you have a good aligned skeletal structure is it increases that energy. Also, when you're hunched over, you're less ef- efficient with your oxygen. Your lungs don't fill up as much. And then Uh-oh. your body just flat out doesn't um, circulate oxygen as well as you would if you have good posture. And you need the oxygen for the Krebs cycle for your for your ATP production. That's right. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's right. Um, increases confidence. So Amy Cuddy does a ton of really cool research. So that superhero pose, Yeah. Um, it, it automatically kind of brings us into this this um good posture because you gotta you gotta put your shoulders back to do that okay and then um but she also brings in the mindset of like superhero awesome and um the more that you think of yourself as a as a superhero or walking with presence the the better your posture and then the more efficient your body is in general um you are actually more open-minded you're more open-minded yes. with better posture? Yes. And and Look, like I you're would, not closed off and defensive? You're not protecting from threats. Oh, so okay. like when we talk about closed off body language where you put your hands and you kind of cross them in front of you, crossing our legs is defensive. Um, or if we're hunched over, curled up, that kind of thing, that is protective. We are protecting our, or, our organs um, because we don't want to get, I don't know, a whalebone to the abdomen, right? Makes sense. So um, if you're more open... This idea is that you feel more protected and you have more of a presence because you feel like you're not going to be murdered. Because you're the you're the cream of the crop. You're the top dog. Yeah, no one's going to mess you with don't you. Care. Yeah, here's my can, organs. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Show your organs. And then um, all body systems work better. So if you have better posture, your intestines don't get squished down. And so if you like people who have um, irritable bowel syndrome and all of that, if they fix their posture... Um, I mean, that's more complicated than this. Often to, it gives the intestinal tract more room to be able to circulate those things. And oh. you, you're less likely to have a pinched off or limited intestinal area. Oh. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's like constipation, incontinence even. So if let's say that you're really, really um, hunched over and then you have a sudden movement of that, like maybe you, you release and open up and your sphincter and muscles boom. aren't aren't tight enough to right. keep it back. Okay. And then your stomach also gets squished down. And so you'll have more heartburn, um, slower digestion. The heart gets squished as well. And you really, of all the things that you don't want to squish, the heart's not one that you want to squish. Don't want to squish that heart. Don't want to squish the heart because then it has to um, beat against all of these other organs, all these other muscles. And that's... And you probably get hypertrophy of the heart, which is not a good thing. No, not... And so that extra pressure is really, really bad. Okay. And then finally, um, because your skeleton track is all messed up, your spine... So as you curl over, the... the um, Nerves? Spinal fluid. Oh, spinal fluid. The spinal, spinal fluid does not flow 
the way that it should. It doesn't have that movement that it should as you're, as you're walking around. And so, um, by doing that, you're more likely to have headaches, migraines. Um, it, it does affect the blood flow that also goes into the, the cranium. So your cognitive function is probably a little lower. Yeah. So it's, it's, you can feel cloudy. Yeah. Um, and so as we hunch over, it's just bad news all together for your body. Holy cow. Yep. So it's not just like, hey, you're not looking Hollywood. It's yeah. you're literally you're literally tying your hands behind your back for being productive. Yeah, all of all everything is less efficient. And we do tend to to look at posture as a vanity thing, but like your body needs you to stand upright. That is just how we are now. Okay. And so in order for your all of your organs to be most efficient and and most effective, stand upright. Okay, stand tall. Yep. All right. Is that all we got for the science? That is the science. Oh my gosh. Okay. Good. Good. That was some knowledge. Um, should we talk about some coffee segment? Coffee segment. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee, trying to keep my sleepy soul awake. But the sleepiness still comes along, and when it does, it's fast and strong. I end up with a bad case of the shakes. All right, my caffeine's kicking in. Your caffeine's kicking in? Yep. What, what are we drinking this morning? We're doing the same thing we did last episode. Yeah. Um, Steamboat. Steamboat Coffee Company. Yeah. Still good. Still, Still good. Still good as always. Um, we just don't get through a pound bag of coffee very fast. We gotta drink we drink, coffee. We drink every day. We drink coffee every day. I know. It's just you and me. That's, that's true. So maybe next time we'll get another another um, coffee review for you. I After the, the newness of this is worn off, I still rate it the same thing. Yeah, it's good. Nine bunny rabbits. Oh my gosh. So, um, Ooh, so we- That makes me so gonna, angry. We're going to talk about, <laughs> you're going to talk about healthiness of caffeine and um, coffee? How, how caffeine helps your body. Oh, how it helps your body. How it helps your body. Okay. So it lowers your risk of skin cancer. No, it doesn't. Absolutely does. I the think story- you're thinking, wait- I think you're thinking of sunscreen. <laughs> sunscreen lowers the risk of cancer. Um, that and caffeine. But why? Right? But, but why? Beats me. So um, they, they've recreated the study several different times. It doesn't matter what kind of caffeine it is, actually. It's just caffeine in general. And But nobody really knows why because it's obviously not the caffeine that's making you your skin just more resilient, right? Um, they talk about maybe you're outdoors less. Outdoors less if you drink more caffeine. I don't know. Um, oh, because of the hippies, they don't drink that. They don't drink caffeine. That's <laughs> hippies that's the, drink that caffeine. That cannot be a um, a, a variable. In we're that. early risers. If we're drinking coffee, we're the most common time to consume caffeine is in the morning. Okay. So we're early risers. So maybe we're getting our. Th- I don't know. Um, this is just some of the ones they suggested. Uh, more endorphins. Like okay. maybe maybe it just makes things. A little bit, um, I don't know, like hormone displacement. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, and then um, other compounds found in coffee and tea. They're wondering if there's another element of that. Like the antioxidants or things like that that are known to be cancer-preventing substances. But it's science, honey. It's science. Okay. I'm going to wave a little BS flag until they come (laughs) up with a better study than that. Well, the, I think the problem is, is there's not the why. And that's what I like to see in studies. That feels like the pigeon flapping the wings thing. The With the pigeon the flaps its wings, yeah. then And then he gets, gets a food. treat. And then you... Yeah. So he produced food based on flapping, flapping his wings. But it was actually, he got, it was just a timer. 
But right. then he thought he was getting food because he flapped his wings. Right. Yeah, or that I'm there's more there. crime in summer. Or no, there's more. I mean, there's more crime when you sell more ice cream. But there's more. That's actually more because crime of the summer. summer. Because yeah. they were smart with yeah. summer. Yeah. So One you got to be things. a little, a little skeptical. Right. Um, makes working out easier. We all know that it increases yeah. motivation and, and wakes us up. Improves memory and it, it improves memory because it's a stimulant. Okay. Yeah, and that makes total sense. And it makes your heart happy. So it reduces the likelihood of of stroke, coronary coronary heart disease, and then um, without the risk of atrial fib- fibrillation. Fibrillation, crazy. Yeah, and I think it's just because you have it's like exercising your heart a little bit. Yeah. I mean, exercise is better, but if you have um, some caffeine and there's a little bit of a stimulant, so okay, so it's good for you. It is good for you in in moderation. moderation. Yeah, oh just my like gosh, everything. everything in moderation. All right. So that's what we got for coffee segment. Yeah. How about we just break right into the action plan for posture and wrap this bad boy up? Let's do it. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Tell me, tell me how to stand. Okay. You kind of told us how to stand. So what's what's the action plan now? The action plan is first, you're going to note your normal posture. Note it. Okay. okay. I've been getting anterior pelvic tilt lately. Oh, have you? Yeah. Like my that's butt's great. been sticking out because I think my... Posterior chain is super tight. Oh, um, I don't know. See, I, w- I was thinking about this at work yesterday. And I, when you're noting your posture, I want you to think about the different chairs you're sitting in. Okay. What you're typically doing. Because like uh, we have a chair I call the big boy. Big boy at, chair. And the big boy chair at work. Mm-hmm. And I hunch over in that chair. Yeah, it's hard not to. It is because it's so comfy. Yeah. But but if I sit in my original, the, the original the OG small, chair, yeah. the OG chair, um, I sit up straight okay i'm very straight so so notice the notice the notice posture not just when you're standing but when you're sitting in your every, transition yep okay yeah even how you sleep like okay. if you tend to sleep on your side if you're completely curled up or if you're out in the fetal position yep just okay. kind of note that all right um have a buddy help you identify how to fix your posture because it's very hard to identify it on your own or even in front of a mirror okay because you think that your posture is really good and then you're, you you have somebody, or you can even take a picture of it. Or a video of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I notice mirrors make me, I think I look great in a mirror. And then I see a picture of a video of myself. I'm like, whoa. Oh, stop. I you're look very way handsome. Ter- I know, but I'm just saying, like, a mirror always lies. <laughs> That's why I always take <laughs> a Polaroid of myself. A Polaroid of myself. Is that why I'm like finding Clueless. a whole bunch of... Remember the movie Clueless? I do remember yeah, the movie Yeah, they took Clueless. Polaroids in themselves. Yeah. Because it's the only way to know how you look, how you look in That's your outfit. That's a good outfit. point. That's okay. a very good point. Um, get your buddy. So get your buddy. Get your buddy um, or your camera. Set some kind of reminder to reset your posture. So a timer, a note, a figurine, a time of day, whatever it is. Um, I've been doing it um, with on the hour with each client. Okay. Um, when I'm at work. I haven't identified something to do... When we're at home, okay. Um, but my posture definitely needs to get fixed. Like it's bad, and and it's yeah. I gotta I gotta figure that out. Um, what do we got? Oh, um, take care of your posture. This is something we don't talk about very often. Get a massage. Go to the chiropractor. Meditate. Swim. Dance. Um, run with your posture in mind, or go get. Um, I know you can go, and people can analyze your stride when you're running. Yeah, yeah. To make because I am. What did you call me? How I run. What? I didn't say Yeah, you called me something like a... A wounded duck? Nope. Well, stop. That's not (laughs) nice. A Russian boxer is what you called me. Oh, that's right. You look like an old Russian lady boxer. Yeah, because I keep my hands up. You keep your hands up like you're fighting. You hunch over. Yeah. Like you should throw a hoodie on and it should be like bleak, cold, and you should just be like... 
We're like, yeah. what, do you, what is that 90-year-old woman doing? She's like, Stop oh, it. it's an old boxer. She's just running. She's going for a morning run. Stop it. That's what I, that's what I see. Yeah. So anyway, maybe because that is literally the least efficient way to run. Yeah. So I, I run the least efficient ever. Um, so being able to run with your posture out. Okay. Um, and then lifting weights and just general being strong in general. Um, because then if we're lifting weights and we're strong, then our body can withhold this, I like it can stand up, I guess, against this idea of wanting to hunch over. It makes sense. And, and at the station and, and the gym now, but the station we've Im- implemented core work at the beginning of our workout. Oh. Cause everybody's like, I'm going to do my sit-ups at the end of my workout or my core stuff at the end. And you get to the end of your workout, you're like, nah, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to go have a protein shake. So if you do the beginning, you don't not only raise your body temperature to get yourself ready for yep. your workout, but you get your core work done. Yeah, and that First core thing. and and I mean talking of core, that abdominal muscle really should be engaged the all time. the time. Okay. So if you get that core work is important, lifting weights is good, strong legs is a good idea. And just You know general. I love that statistic. I know you love that. Yeah. The, the longevity. Yeah. It's the well, number one predictor of longevity was leg, leg strength. Yeah. Yep. Which so is wild. Smoke, drink, party. Have but tons of bad habits, but just do squats. Just You're, do lots of squats. You'll be good. Don't do that. That was a joke for all you guys. You have a great who Don't butt. get my humor. Your butt will be great. Butt will be great and you'll live forever. Yep. Done. But, okay. So, all right. So, so run through the, the, the steps again. Okay. So know your posture and the different settings that you're in just naturally. Naturally. And then get um, a buddy to, to analyze it for yep. you too. Or your camera. Or your camera. And then um, set some sort of reminder to reset that posture and then take care of do some sort of self-care for your posture self-care and then get strong yeah so all right so we get all that stuff done we get our posture up so we don't revert back into a quadrupedal civilization or quadrupedal species (laughs) that is not the risk i'm worried i'm worried about that risk because we are weak and we go back down to quadrupedal we are like middle of the food chain again i do not want to go back there that was a hard time for us it was a really hard time for us. so all right go out there fix your posture and build a better you thanks guys